We meet today in Psalm 105 and 106. These are historic psalms. Psalm 105 is a hymn to God in history, actually from Abraham to Moses. One of two historical psalms, including 78. This psalm stresses the history of Israel for its didactic value in the psalmist's own day. It could also be classified as a hymn of praise since it includes the characteristic threefold content, a call to praise, a cause for praise, and a conclusion. The call to praise is unmistakable with its 11 imperatives directed towards God's people. Give thanks, call upon, make known, sing, talk, and so on. Those imperatives are clear. The cause for praise constitutes a brief historical survey of what the Lord did for Israel in the past. He made an unconditional covenant with Abraham and reaffirmed it to Isaac and Jacob. He protected Joseph and used him to sustain his people. He delivered his people from Egypt. He provided for them in the wilderness. In light of such a faithful, promise-keeping God, the psalmist concludes with a summary of God's blessings, which is the Abrahamic covenant, the exodus, and the conquest. And then there is an appropriate call to praise in the concluding verses of this psalm. Let me again say, verses 1 to verse 11 of this psalm are found in substantial parallel in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8 to verse 22, a passage attributed to David. It therefore seems logical to assign the entire psalm to David. Verses 8 to 11 constitute one of the most forceful statements in the Bible regarding the promises of the land given to Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant was actually irrevocable and everlasting. It was an unconditional covenant. I am confident this psalm tells about the time David brought the tabernacle into Jerusalem. This psalm is a recitation of Israel's history. Now here is Psalm 105, verse 1 to verse 5. All give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Now, this is a wonderful praise, but it is also an invitation for us to make known the works and the deeds of God. I would like to ask a few questions, my friend. What sort of reputation does God have among your friends, among your co-workers and your neighbors? What is the image of the faith that people have in your community? Do people even know about the good things that the Lord has done and that the people of faith are actually doing? 
these questions call us to soul-searching exercise. Now, Psalm 105 here encourages us to make known the acts of God to all people. That is the call in verse 1. We might call this a spiritual publicity campaign. You see, companies and organizations today carefully consider what and how they are communicating to the public. God's people would be wise to do the same, especially since we have a mandate to tell people about the Lord. Organizations and companies will even spend lots of money. Think about how the churches are doing. Sometimes churches just spend money not on making God known, but simply on programs that are centered on the members. It's good to take care of the members, but make known the deeds of the Lord in your community. You see, the purpose of our communication strategy is to share what God is doing so that others can respond to him. Now, what might this kind of publicity effort look like? Psalm 105 gives us some guidelines when we make the deeds of God known. First of all, we can make that his deeds known through music. You see, in verse 2, the psalmist encourages singing to the Lord. Music is a powerful tool of communication, and music that celebrates the Lord can have a positive impact on others. Watch how people just go crazy with music, even on messages that are contradictory to moral values or the fibers of the society. Let's make music to the Lord. That is positive impact. We can also make known the deeds of God through storytelling. By telling and retelling the stories of what God has done in our lives and in the lives of other people, we can talk of all his wondrous works, as commanded in verse 2. We can do that in ways that are human, realistic, and even persuasive. But we can also tell his wondrous works through worship. You see, modern society has largely lost the capacity for awe and wonder. But by worshipping the Lord in creative ways, that glory in his holy name, we can show others that we take God seriously and that he should be taken seriously by anyone who wants to follow him. We can also make known the works of God through our personal integrity, our upright walk. You see, ultimately, the credibility of our faith largely depends on the quality of our character. In everything we do, whether public or private, we need to seek the Lord and his strength and live with integrity before his face. Others will see it too, and they will know the wondrous works of God. But we can also tell through history are you aware of what God has done since the first century A.D.? Isn't it true that Christ Jesus is the one who has divided history into two? We have B.C. and A.D. You see, through history, we can tell the wondrous works of God. One of the most powerful ways to talk about God is his marvelous works. You see, is to help people understand what he has been doing for the last 2,000 years. History, after all, is his story. History, after all, is his story. 
We can tell the wondrous works of God through the Bible. Scripture tells us about the wonders or the miracles of God and the judgments or moral standards and principles of God. As we interact with others on the job or in the community, we can remind people of what the Bible says about day-to-day -day situations. Don't be surprised if someone replies, I don't know the Bible says that. Well, more and more people are actually getting unaware of what the Bible actually says. That's why we need a spiritual publicity campaign. That's why we need that deliberate move to make known the deeds of God. Here the psalmist tells of the works of God by even going back into history and beginning with the descendants of Abraham and the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then he follows them through Joseph down into the land of Egypt. The account of Joseph's life in Genesis is presented from a somewhat earthly perspective compared to Psalm 105, verse 16 to verse 22, where we see things more from God's point of view. The psalmist shows that Joseph was strategically placed by God in Egypt to one of a famine. Even Joseph's prison experience is interpreted through the lens of God's purpose. So we can talk, we can tell the marvelous deeds of God as they are evidenced through history. Psalm 105 verse 23 says, Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. Then when his people were oppressed by the Egyptians, we read verse 26 to 27 saying, He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. Now here is an interesting comment. Verse 38 of Psalm 105. Egypt was glad when they departed for the fear of them had fallen upon them. You see, Egypt was glad when they departed. They certainly were. They were glad to get Israel out of their hair after those plagues. Then God brought his people into the land. Now the psalmist recites Israel's history as something to sing praise about. My friend, there's something wrong with you if you cannot look back through your life and find something to thank God for. You see, as the final verse of this psalm says, Praise the Lord. Listen to Psalm 105 verse 45. That they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise the Lord. You see, the Lord made an everlasting covenant with the patriarchs and their descendants, the people of Israel. This covenant was an agreement whereby God committed himself to giving them the land of Canaan and blessing them with his presence in exchange for their unwaving obedience to the law. That is wonderful. Because they saw what God did, they could say, praise the Lord. Can you say, praise the Lord for what he has been doing in your life, even when you look into the history of your life? I move on now to Psalm 106. Psalm 106 is another historic psalm and a long one, by the way. It ends 
the number section of the books of Psalms. Though God was faithful to Israel as seen in Psalm 105, Israel was sinful and disobedient towards the Lord. Thus, this psalm is a companion of Psalm 105 and one of confession. And this particular psalm finds parallel in Nehemiah chapter 9, Isaiah 63, and Ezekiel chapter 20. This psalm is one of national lament, though it might also be classified as a historical psalm together with Psalm 78 and 105. Like Psalm 105, it traces the history of Israel, but for a different purpose. In Psalm 105, the emphasis was on God's grace and faithfulness. In this psalm, it is on the people's faithlessness and the Lord's justice. Verse 47 has been interpreted to imply that the setting of this psalm was the Babylonian captivity. This is not necessarily true. However, because of the reference is quite general, there were many periods when Israel were oppressed by the heathens. Now, the psalm may be divided into three key sections. First, there is a call to praise in verse 1 to verse 5. Second, a confession of Israel's past sins, verse 6 to verse 48, which take up the bulk of the psalm. In this part, after an introductory identification of present-day sins with the past, the psalmist traces a history of rebellion and unbelief on the part of God's people. These occasions of disbelief included the story in Exodus, the wanderings in the wilderness, the events of Kadesh Barnea, and even the encampment at Shatim, and then the occurrences within the promised land itself. Finally, the psalmist concludes with a twofold petition. His petition is, save us, gather us with a twofold purpose to give thanks and to triumph. You see, this last psalm in the fourth book of the Psalms ends with the now familiar doxology. Here is how the psalm begins. Praise the Lord, or give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This psalm also speaks about the confession of sin. Think positive is the message preached from many pulpits today. And for good reason, the message of salvation in Christ is good, positive news in a world that sometimes seems more and more depressing day by day. However, before we can fully embrace the good news about God's Son, we must first of all accept the bad news about our own sin. Psalm 106 is the flip side of Psalm 105. Both recall Israel's history, but whereas Psalm 105 is an enthusiastic celebration of the Lord's faithfulness, Psalm 106 focuses on the continuing unfaithfulness of his people. Still the peace is not without hope. The Lord remains committed to mercy. The Lord remains committed to mercy, forgiveness, and doing the mighty wonders necessary to sustain his wayward children. No wonder the psalm concludes with the blessing for the Lord from everlasting to everlasting. If Psalm 105 stood alone, 
the forgetful student of history, might assume that God swept his people into the promised land with no setbacks or opposition. But Psalm 106 puts things into perspective. As we look at the same history, it confronts us with the ugly face of sin and shows why people and the nation so badly need forgiveness. Thus, Psalm 105 and 106 show the two realities involved in salvation. And those two realities are sin and grace. Focusing on either one without the other will lead to an unbalanced distortion. We have sinned with our, our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Psalm 106 verse 6. You see, when you look back over your life, you have something to thank God for if you tend to Jesus Christ as your Savior and asked him to forgive your sins. You can thank God for your salvation. The earth opened up and swallowed Dan and covered the faction of Abiram. Psalm 106 verse 17. Now, this is a reference to the rebellion of Korah along with Dathan and Abiram and their humiliating judgment as recorded in number 16 verse 1 to verse 35. The name of Korah was obviously omitted in uh, difference to the Kohatites who ministered in the temple. Psalm 106 verse 28 to verse 30 says, They joined themselves also to Baal of Pur and ate sacrifices made to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds, and the plague broke out among them. Then Phinehas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stopped. Now, Baal of Pur designates the pagan deity of Pur in the land of Moab. Now, when the Israelites gave themselves over to this immoral worship, God judged them through a plague, which was also checkered when Phinehas, the grandson of Aaron, slew the ringleader of the idolatrous group. The story is found in Numbers chapter 25, verse 3 to verse 9. So the name of Baal of Peh reminded every Israelite of one of the darkest moments in the nation of Israel. Thus, it is the flip side of the unfaithfulness of man. God is faithful, man is unfaithful. Yet God continues to abound in mercy and grace. Sin and grace go hand in hand. You cannot receive the grace of God unless you realize your sinfulness. And you will not be able to also appropriate that grace unless you realize the need. And that need comes from our awareness of sin. So I would like to say, these Psalms are marvelous. They are. And Psalm 106 shows us Israel's failure and God's faithfulness. Now we ought to become saturated with these Psalms in order for us to be able to praise God for what he has done. 
We see his faithfulness, but we also see how many times we have failed, yet God continues to reach out to us. He is having his hand outstretched to you, my friend, and he says, come home, my son, come home, you might have sinned, come let us reason together. Anyone who comes to me, I will not cast away. The invitation is to you, the invitation is to everyone who is so willing you can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.